0: The year ahead of us, 2019, it holds for all of us many things unknown. And this morning, what I want to give to you, and this is for everyone here, wherever you are in faith, is wisdom, which is meant to shape your expectations for what's ahead. the Bible is filled with good wisdom. And what you expect changes what you experience. Do you all know that? And so the wisdom that we'll consider this morning, on the one hand, is meant to enable you, whoever you are, to face those challenges which the year holds, which you don't know yet. That's on the one hand. And then on the other hand, to enable your eyes to be open to all of the good blessings which the year holds, which you may miss because you're not looking for them. Both sides are in the wisdom that we'll consider. And if your heart is open, if your heart is open to what you hear, you will benefit from what God gives through this text. Like a set of tools in a good workshop, even if you don't use them right now this morning, in this year ahead, they will be useful for you. If you are a parent, the wisdom here will help you guide your children better. If you're a spouse, what's offered here will give you the ability to have a more balanced and tempered experience with the person that you're with. Young people, if you open your heart to this, God will grow character in you in the year ahead. Every single one of us, who's tempted with the idea that my best days are behind me, will hear, no, even in this year, you can make a difference in the world and be a more potent agent for good if you will listen to what God gives. Every single one of us in here who wants to trade in a shallow and passive existence for a year that is filled with adventure and accomplishment and growth, open your ears. Uh, There are 8,000 760 hours in each year. Uh, Roughly a third of those you will use and should use for either work or school. Uh, Another third should go towards sleeping, eight hours. If you're not doing that... (laughs) But then the last third, that's 2,920 hours. We're going to call those hours your time. And the question is, what will you do with them? And... Beside that, here's the second question, is what will they hold because we don't know? And the wisdom that we're gonna consider this morning is wisdom which is meant to push us, every one of us, to ask one question over and over of every hour. It's this, what time is it? All of the wisdom that we're gonna consider comes from one passage in Ecclesiastes, and it's under this first passage this first sort of very simple claim uh, that we're gonna build our approach this morning. Look at Ecclesiastes three one. Here's what it says. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. The teacher who wrote those words was a teacher who spent an awful lot of time seeking God's wisdom and really trying to understand the reality of life. And then after... Many years of work, he endeavored to put down what would be helpful to others, to us. And here it is, an acknowledgement that that there is a season for everything and a time for every single matter in the year ahead. In those 2,920 hours, there is a season for the things which you look forward to as well as for those things which you dread. There's a time for the experiences that you love and that you remember from last year, and you want to see again, and there's a time for the things which you dread. There is a time for it, and you can't change that. There are ups and downs. There are bright spots and bleak moments. There are easy and hard times. There are mountains and valleys ahead. Before us, in time, every matter and everything has its place. And if that was all that we received from Uh, this text this morning, it would be good enough. And it's not all that we receive. We're gonna continue. But if all we gleaned from being here was that life has every different kind of thing in it in this year ahead, that would be good. Here's why. Because on the one hand, it would shape our expectations so that the valleys we have to walk through aren't so hard as they are when all we try to do is run from them. Do you know what I mean by that? Have you ever taken a child to get a shot at the doctor's office? As soon as the child knows it's coming, the fussing begins. And for an hour or two, it's torture for that little one. And then as as he gets closer to the doctor's office, it gets worse. He's squirming and fussing. When the doctor comes in, he's dreaming of biting that person there who hasn't hurt him but wants to help him. And then he's wiggling when the needle goes in and the whole process is way worse than when, listen now, he grows up to know there is a time for the shot. And then leading up to it, he can be at peace and it will hurt just for a little. And then it will be okay after. And what I want and what this teacher wants who wrote these words is for all of us here to grow in this year so that the valleys aren't so bad. That's number one. Do you see it? But then on the other side, there are many good things in life in this year ahead, which we will walk right past unless our eyes are tuned in to look for them. And I want you to understand this. The best wisdom of the world around us has told us that certain things are always bad, which are not always bad. And being mature means opening ourselves to the wisdom that this man gives so that we don't walk past delightful things in this year because we haven't learned to see them. And I promise you that you are constantly walking past good things because you don't know to look for them. Look at this photo right here. Here you see a boy crouching down in front of an oak tree surrounded by leaves. What I see is my son, Nate, crouching down by an impressive bloom of Griffula frondosa. There are probably 15 pounds of maitake mushrooms growing all around this tree saprophytically. They've made a symbiotic relationship with the root system, and I'm gonna pluck those up and cook them in white wine and garlic like this. Look, see, we're gonna carry those home and cook them up. And before I knew about (laughs) sheep's head, I walked past it just like you do all the time. This is right by the Passaic River. And now you're thinking, does our pastor pick wild mushrooms and eat them? Yes, I do, all the time. And you're thinking, is he crazy? No, I'm absolutely, maybe a tiny bit, but, <laughs> but they're delicious and delightful and there are literally dozens of edible mushrooms that in this last six months that I've enjoyed with my family because I've learned to see the good that they are. I can still see your concerns. <laughs> uh, listen, listen, I researched for many hours, I did. My son has two different field guides, and he's read them. And he can tell you the Latin names for all of the different kinds of mushrooms and, and the identifying features to distinguish between what's good and bad. But when we learn to do that, our lives improved. That maitake or sheep's head, it costs like $35 a pound if you buy it in a, in a farmer's market. And it's medicinal, and it is delicious. It is so good for you. And there are things in the year ahead which you've learned to avoid, like all wild mushrooms. And some of them are bad, but others of them are not. And what God wants is for 2019 to be for you individually. And listen now, for us as a church, for Renaissance Church, to be a year where we are constantly asking, what time is it? And then seeking the answer from the wisdom which God gives so that We're not wrecked in the valleys, and so we thrive in the goodness. So there are seven couplets that follow, and these are pairs of what seem to be opposites. In in this ancient Hebrew poetry, it's beautiful. I could talk about this for many hours, and so I'm going to rush a bit, but there are seven different couplets, each which teaches us uh, to to see a potential answer for the question of what time it is, and we're going to go through it. And, And listen now, open your heart. Ask God to open it right now. But you also open it so that God can teach you what you need to learn for the year ahead. Let's look at the first pair. This is verse two. There is a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. Now, we're meant to take all four terms together And when we do, the lesson begins by showing us two different sets of a beginning and an ending, a birth and a death, a planting and a harvesting. All of us here have been born. For every one of us, that is behind us. That's the start. Every one of us here will die. And that is ahead of us all, an end. Listen now, you might not agree with this. Christians believe that it's not the end thank goodness. And we believe that in Christ, when a person comes to trust in him and, and surrender their selves to him fully, that death is an end, but not the end. There is eternal life before all who receive the gracious gift that Christ gives, but it's still an end. And that means in this year, some new life is going to come and, and some life will go away. And those two ideas are meant to teach us to ask in this year, what time is it? In this year ahead, sometimes it will be the beginning and sometimes it will be an ending. And both of those hold value for us if we'll think of it. Distinguishing between these two times will enable you, listen now, to wait when you need to. Does anybody here have a time when it's hard to wait? Yes or no? A lot of our year is going to be waiting. A lot of those 2,920 years are going to be waiting. But what we need to know is that maybe this is a time of beginning. And so the seeds in the ground, we want the plant to come up, but we have to wait. And remembering, what time is it? It's a time of beginning. Will teach us to wait. And that'll be for you and for this church. There'll be new things that start in 2019 in Renaissance, but we'll have to wait because it'll be the beginning. This is also meant to prevent you from waiting too long Because you can't wait forever because an ending is coming. Because at some point it will be too late and you don't know when the end's gonna come. So don't wait too long. If this seems complicated, this is gonna teach you, right, to wait but not too long. It's complicated, isn't it? So is life. Okay, welcome to reality. That's the first bit of wisdom. Let's look at the second couplet. This is verse three. In this year ahead, there will be a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. Again, don't just focus on one, but hold them all four together. And now we have an invitation to a second step to become responsible for beginnings and to become responsible for endings. I hope you see that. Sometimes it looks like a project is about to die, but it shouldn't, it needs restoration. And that's why it says here, there's a time for healing, Or the opposite is needed. Maybe the bit of life that is left in that thing needs to be hurried along to death. There's a time to kill. Sometimes there's nothing there at all, and the beginning won't come until one of you realizes it's up to you to make a new start. You will have to plant the seed. There's a time to build up. Or the opposite. There was this plan that was going along. It took a lot of hours to put together. For a season it worked, but now it needs to be ended. There's a time to break down what time is it is it a time for us to construct or dismantle and again there's wisdom here for every individual life and for a church like ours uh, sometimes there's a project that serves has served its purpose and it will need to be killed uh, old initiatives uh, that you've neglected maybe they need restoration and healing Uh, Maybe it's time for new programs that will need to be started up from scratch. When I think about this community all together, I think of the many times in the year behind me where I saw that relationships that you have formed with each other are about the best thing that God has given you in this year through this church. Is that true for some of you? I love that. That means in this year ahead, uh, it will be time for us as a church to construct some new groups Um, uh, there will be uh, a new discipleship program. There'll be new studies organized. There'll be new fellowship opportunities that are on us to plant and reconstruct. On the other hand, some of you have said to me, you know, there was this group we were in and it was going great for years, but then the leader moved away. Or one group that was really invested had a change in schedule. They're not around. And now it's not like it used to be. And we've been going still, but it's awfully hard. And now we're feeling down. You are treating the other time, which is to dismantle, as if it's a mushroom. And since they're all bad, don't touch it. That's not true. Sometimes it's a time to break down. And that might be a time for us too. There's a time to both build up and tear down. And, and, and now here I want to pause because we're touching on a theme that runs throughout the wisdom here and which you will have been misinformed about, and it's this. Uh, you will have been told that life is all meant to be happy. That that's the goal. That's the best goal to pursue happiness, and it's not bad. You should be happy. It's a good thing, but when you make life all about that, what you miss is the reality that there's a time for building up, which brings joy, and breaking down, which brings grief. But the truth about grief is that not all grief is bad. And since it's a valley that you must go through, and by the way, I know that many of you are in it. And what I want to prevent you from having to struggle with is the anxiety of of having to go through what you can't avoid, uh, like that child who needs a shot. And that's in the third bit of wisdom here, by the way. Uh, I think this teacher understood that for, break, for people, breaking things down is hard. Killing uh, uh, something that was good is difficult. And that's why the third couplet is as it is. Look at these words. This is verse four. There is a time to weep and a time to laugh. There is a time to mourn and a time to dance. Can I start with laughing and dancing? I am so bad at dancing. Whenever I dance, people laugh. And there's a time for both. And I mean it. There's a time to be glad even when you're in the valley. There's a time to to set aside all of the things that have been weighing you down and say, yes, but still there's all these other things to invite friends over who have too much going on and say, fine, we're gonna put it all on hold and just have a great time. And please, please don't forget in the year ahead that there are times for that and you are responsible for pursuing them. Please do that. But, But if we believe that that's the only time there is in our lives. Then we run away from the other time, which God also means for us to face when we have to, and many of us do, even though we don't want to, which is a time to cry. It's okay to not be okay. So if you're not okay, don't bear the burden of saying, but I'm supposed to be. Okay, no, sometimes you are not to be okay. If we follow this wisdom and ask what time it is, the answer is sometimes it is time to smile, but other times it is time to cry. And crying is okay. I had a time with a friend from church just recently and he opened up to me and he said, I was driving recently by myself and the weight of what I'm facing for a long, long, long time finally hit me and I wept for an hour while I drove and then I got home and I wept some more and I said, good. Not because I want him or anyone to hurt. I am a human being who hates pain as much as you do. I hate it. And I love you. And the ones of you I don't know, I love you with the love that God has put in my heart as a shepherd for this flock. I love being a pastor and being with you. And I hate when you're in pain because of physical things or because of family things that you can't change or your friends are suffering or your children are not doing well. I hate that. But there's a time to cry. I'm doing it right now, do you see? There is a time for that. And maybe in this year, please listen to this, you will go through a period of deep sadness. Maybe that'll happen this year. Maybe you won't feel God anywhere. And you'll keep crying out, maybe that is a time for you this year. Maybe you won't feel any trust at all. Maybe you, there's months in which it's day after day of a grind. People who care about you will look at you and say, I love you, you're lovable, and you won't believe them and you won't trust your friends or your parents or your siblings or yourself or even God. Live in that valley and cry. There's a time for that. It's okay not to be okay. If we come back to the fungus that's growing all around us, I think grief is is one of those uh, mushrooms which we've been told avoid all wild mushrooms. They're all bad, but it's not bad if you receive it and walk through it in faith, and with the wisdom that God gives. Look at this mushroom here, do you see this? Doesn't that look beautiful? That's an angel mushroom. If you eat it, you will die in 24 hours. That's called a destroying angel. And that's growing right beside the maitake that I picked. That's my hand there holding it. Now again, don't be nervous. You have to eat it to die. And I'm not gonna do that, and you shouldn't either. Grief, is not all bad, but it's dangerous. And so here I wanna say, if that's what's in your year, grief, do not try to do it alone. I would never eat, listen now, I would never eat an edible mushroom that has a poisonous look-alike, and there are lots of them. Nate and I go out, we find a bluet, but we know that a quart looks an awful lot like it, and so we won't eat bluets even though they're d- delicious. Anybody else in here know about these mushrooms? No one, all right. So. <laughs> Please don't go out and try to do this unless you have a guide. And I'm serious. We have spent 100 hours at least studying with someone who knows what's what. I will never eat a mushroom unless I see someone else that I trust do it. And this is true. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Why? That wasn't supposed to be funny. (laughs) There's a time for laughing, right? Okay, here we are. Let's look at the next one. Moving on. This one is is brilliant. The wisdom here is so clever. This took a lot of time to figure out. Look at verse five. There's a time to throw away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Now, this pair is distinct from all others because it's the only one in which the two terms in each phrase are the same stones and stones, embracing, embracing. If you know logic, and you take the terms out and just put in the variables, this is a statement which says, sometimes A and other times not A. Sometimes B and other times not B. Sometimes it's right to gather stones. Sometimes it's right to throw stones away. When, if you ask, is it right to gather stones or throw them away? You know what the answer is, right? It depends. Do you see it? Is embracing right or wrong? It depends. And this is wisdom that means us to be especially attentive if we're willing to take the first three so far that we've heard and accept this fourth one and handle the next three that we're going to have to keep in mind that when we ask what time is it, we have to know is it the right time or the wrong time? Because that will also figure into how God himself means us to move through life. And I understand that this makes it even more complicated, but I want you to know that God made you in the complexity with which he designed you because he loves you, and because complexity results in beauty when it's pursued in the right way. It was wrong then, but now it's right. It was right back then, but it's not right anymore. Again, this is tricky. But that's the wisdom here. There's a time for everything, and sometimes it's the right time for the wrong thing and otherwise, and that's tricky, let's go on. Look at the the next bit of wisdom. This is number five, and this is in verse six. There's a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away. Someone right now is thinking about that giant pile of clutter in their garage, and you should be, right? Or someone else, I hope, is thinking of that desire that God himself has put in their heart, but they've been too afraid to go out and get it yet. And you should think of that too. This is wisdom for anyone who is afraid to develop attachments. Are any of you shy and afraid of that, of really putting down roots? You need to listen here. And it's also wisdom for the person who clings too tightly to what they've become used to. Sometimes you need to hold on, other times you need to let go. Sometimes you've gotta go out and seek, and other times you have to lose and divest. Both are a part of every life. There is a time for both. There is a time, if you'll ask, what time is it? To retain and also to release. Think about parents and children. Have any of you who've grown up now struggled because your parents didn't learn to let you go? Yes? Yeah. Any of you children suffering uh, because your parents are holding on too tightly? There is a time that you should hold on to your kids as tightly as possible. And if they wander, you have to go after them, and you should. You keep them close, but when they grow, you have to let them have a little more freedom. And eventually, you release them, you let them go, and that's the right thing to do. There is a time when you lose them. Um, I'm not sure if I should tell you there's a time to throw them away, but maybe... (laughs) The same dynamics are true in friendships, right? There's a time when a friendship has run its course and that is okay. It's okay for there to be an ending in relationships. There's a time when you really thought this was the right person to give my heart to and the romance uh, led you there. But now as reality sets in, maybe it's time for that to end. It is, listen now, it's the same for churches too. And again, here I want to be honest about Renaissance. Sometimes there is a season where you are fed where you are and you must be kept and retained, but then there are times when you are released from that church and it's time to go somewhere new. And it is okay. There are gonna be people who have never been here but will be here next year at this time. And those of us who've been here for a long time, that's okay to welcome them in. There are others who are here now and somehow in the year ahead, God will help them see it's time for a new place. And can we agree that's okay? We're still on the same team. Even if you go across the street, that's all right. We don't need to be afraid of that truth. There is a time to retain and a time to release. I hope you're seeing here that at each step, God is offering you wisdom for the hours that are yours. I I really hope for this. I hope that you don't just cruise in this year ahead. Don't. Wake up. What time is it? Ask that each time you have another hour that's yours. And then... Consider the wisdom that's here. And by the way, this is Ephesians, excuse me, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. It's, it's not been all there. You can find it on your own in your Bible. Put a block around it and read it over and over again. Here's the next one. This is verse 7. There's a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Uh, if we take these all together, we see that here is wisdom for speech. Even the first bit about tearing and sewing. Do you have any idea how powerful your words are? I shudder. I shudder when I think about how God uses the words that I speak. I'm both um, appropriately reverent, but also overjoyed to know that God uses the words that we speak to change people's lives for the better. And you also can do that in the year ahead. And then also, there are times where our words wreak havoc on the souls of the people around us, and that always bounces back and hurts our own souls, even if we don't see it. And that's the wisdom here. There is a time when a tear is starting to show up And the right thing to do is to let that thing unravel and fall to pieces, just as there are times when a tear begins, and the right thing to do is to sew it back up. And both you can do with your words. That is, with your silence, you can stop the impulse to rescue someone by saying something that softens the truth. Does anybody else do that in here, right? Maybe it's gonna be time for you not to say anything that rescues them and let the whole thing tear apart. Just as your words can be a healing ointment and a balm that will rescue and restore. And so when you ask what time is it, you're gonna have to say it could be a time for words or a time for silence. And just as your words can be instruments of great power and healing, so can your silence. And I could say an awful lot here, but I hope that God is speaking into your heart just what you need to hear that I don't even know. And if your mind started to wander, let that happen. If you're thinking about the time when you shot back at that person who you love and who loves you and spoke up and then regretted it, let that be a moment where you say, don't forget. Maybe it's a time for silence next time. Oh no, but they said the wrong thing and they needed me to show them. Shut your mouth. (laughs) Seriously, right? Be quiet, even though they're saying the wrong thing. Or other times... Are you regretting right now? I still haven't called my mom. I gotta reach out to my father. My brother needs to hear this from me and I've been too cowardly or my friend needs me to say this. Maybe it's time for your words to do some sewing, some healing, some mending. All right, here's the last one. And by the way, I think this last one was left last because it's the most dangerous. Verse eight, a time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. I want you to understand that I've never lived in war. But every time I imagine it, I hate it. I hate it. I don't know if any of you have been in combat, but I imagine it's among among the most hateful things that any person can go through. I think there's a reason why Jesus spoke about peace as often as he did. I would warn everyone never to build your doctrine about any specific thing on one passage from Scripture or even one book. Has anyone here ever read through the entire book of Ecclesiastes? It's pretty depressing, isn't it? So be careful if you do that. Make sure you read the other books in the Bible with it. But here, there is a time for hate. Caution, okay? caution. This is like an edible mushroom that has lots of poisonous lookalikes because hatred is poisonous. But but maybe there's a time where there's an injustice in this year ahead of us that you will encounter and you should hate it. That there's an abuse of power that you will encounter or in our church we'll experience some kind of divisiveness or pettiness from who knows who and we should hate that. Not the person we should hate that thing and there's a time for it. Maybe there is uh, a conflict that we want to avoid and it's gonna be like a war and we've learned all along to stay away but maybe this year we'll include one or two for you or for us. and We should be brave to go at it and to know that that's something there's a time for but then there's a time for love and there's a time for peace. Um, when we ask what time is it, we'll have to say is it a time for love or hate and let me, let me add this um, to this last one. Every time God's hatred is expressed in the scriptures, and by the way, there are things which God hates, and every time we even see what we would call hatred emerging from Jesus, please listen now, it always serves the greater of these two, which is love. I want you to understand this, and this is the last thing I'm gonna tell you today. God loves you, and therefore God hates everything that undermines and ruins you. A sin is the biblical word for the thing which is worst for you and God hates it because he loves you. And every, every valley and every darkness, every down, every shadow in this year ahead of us, which seeks to ruin us, God hates, us, hates that. But because he loves us, he'll give us what we need in this wisdom to move through it with confidence and strength. The wisdom that is given here this morning is for you and for us, and now this church here, for this church to be in 2019 the instrument that God wants it to be. A community that gathers to see Jesus, that grows to follow him, and then goes out in the world to show him to others, Uh, to the people that we live with, uh, to the people that depend on us, and to our coworkers, the people we sit beside on the train, and our neighbors, and one another here in this church. What time is it? That's the question. Uh, let God work that question into your heart now and in this year ahead. Let's pray. God, we love you, and we thank you for this time. Uh, this 35 minutes of the 2,920 hours that you've given us in this year for ourselves. God, would you take this time and use it so that it becomes an instrument that shifts the quality of all the other hours that are before us. What we want is to be men and women who walk in maturity and in wisdom Take the words that have been shared and put them into the grounds, into the soil of our hearts like good seeds so that they begin to grow now. And in this year ahead of us, they bear good fruit. We love you and thank you so much for everything good that is behind and everything that is ahead of us, the good and the bad, the bright and the bleak, the light and the darkness, the valleys and the mountains as well. Uh, Carry us now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.